Yeah, Brian wasn't the uh, only one who questioned me about the uh, sermon title. Um, it was uh, Monday or Tuesday, Frank Baker, who is the person that puts the uh, words on the marquee, he called me. He said, uh, are you sure this is the title, Be Two-Faced? And uh, I just said, Frank, you'll have to come on Sunday and find out uh, why that's the case. And, uh, and, and it's actually... Um, part of the, the meaning of the word January. Um, uh, we get the, this month, January, from um, Janus, um, uh, the uh, Greek god who had two faces. He was the god of beginnings and endings. He was the god of transitions, the god of, of doorways. And I think we even have a picture of uh, uh, Janus. Um, uh, that's Children and grades, there we go. <clears throat> and uh, so the, the point of being two-faced at this season, it happens regularly. And there's all kinds of um, different lists of the best or the worst or the most uh, uh, um, hilarious of 2013. And then looking ahead to 2014 and the, the, the prognosticators who will share, this is what's going to happen, the futurists and all all the rest, all happens in this time, in this January, um, being two-faced, uh, looking back and looking forward. And so um, we do the same, but we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit, reflecting on how God has been at work in our lives over the last year. Uh, reflecting in order to praise Him. And, and we, we look forward in order to dream, in order to pursue where the Spirit might be leading us in 2014. We, we see that the Apostle Paul does something similar in the end of his letter to the Romans in chapter 15 of Romans, starting on page 924 starting with verse um, 17. And we'll, we'll see um, how Paul both is two-faced, both reflecting on God's work and looking forward, dreaming ahead, uh, bragging even, boasting on what God has done in the past in his life, and then sharing his godly ambition for where the Spirit is leading him in the future. That's being two-faced in the power of the Spirit, and what we will do this morning together. Let's pray. <clears throat> Gracious God, we pray that your Holy Spirit within us will indeed bring to mind those things you want to bring to mind as we look back, as we reflect over the last year, and as we look forward. We, we, we want to, to praise you. We want to, for you to show us those ways that you have been at work, where you have been evident in our lives. And we want you to plant the seeds of the dreams within us um, for where you would lead us in this year. Help us to hear your guidance and to dream your dreams. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 
All right, Romans chapter 15, we'll start with verse 17 there in the bottom of page 924. And, and you can leave your Bibles open. We'll walk through this, um, uh, through the course of our, um, just looking at this or leave on whatever it is you look at to uh, read uh, the scriptures. Starting with verse 17. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to boast of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to win obedience from the Gentiles. By word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and as far around as Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the good news of Christ. So Paul, looking back at his journey, um, seeing how the Spirit has been at work in him through a variety of ways, um, through word and deed, through signs and wonders, and by the power of God's Holy Spirit, to take the good news of Jesus, the message of Jesus' life and death and resurrection, to those people that are outside the religious community. And and he's done it from Jerusalem to Illyricum. About 1,400 miles between those two cities. Sort of the the starting point and the furthest point that that he has gone. And he's saying, this is what God has done in and through me. And he's he's not um, in any way bashful to, to praise God for what God has done through him. I mean, here, it's okay to brag about what God is doing in us and through us to give him the glory. I'm going to ask the ushers to pass uh, around to everybody the uh, um, sticky notes. You may have seen the walls with sticky notes from first service. Um, if you're like me, sometimes you come in with blinders on, you're sort of aesthetically challenged, you don't even notice new things that are around you, or you just treat your surroundings like Coleraine Avenue. You know, I mean, it's just sort of noise around you. But some of you may be a little more um, aware, would have, may have noticed those walls that are out there, the stone walls that uh, people have started to put their sticky notes on. And it was from this exercise that we did in first service and that we're going to do now. What are the ways, maybe it's just one way, but you're only going to get two or three of the sticky notes so you can't be a whole novel, and they're small, and it doesn't help much to write on the back of it. But what are the ways that the Holy Spirit has been evident in your life as you look back over the last year? What, what are the ways that you've seen the Spirit changing you, empowering you, forming you, maybe bringing to... to to fruit, to bringing, making ripe the fruit of the Spirit in you, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Maybe some particular ministry, maybe a word or deed that you did, been doing with, with another, or maybe it's signs and wonders and, and healings in your midst. What are the ways that The Holy Spirit has been evident in your life, empowering you, changing you, forming you. 
the, the, the session of the church, the, the group of elders that we um, elect um, every year have been actually um, answering this, this question and others um, over the course of the last month or two. Um, and it comes from our new denominational affiliation with the Covenant Order of Evangelical Presbyterians. Every year, we're given ten questions to answer together um, called the Narrative of Health for Ministry and Mission. And um, the, these questions were to answer, write it down, and, and the session's been working on that. And there's a... Um, a collection of what the session has done so far at the front desk if folks want to, to read through the, the work that they've um, been doing. Um, and within ECO, the, the thought is that every year we would even gather with two or three other churches and share our answers with one another so as to encourage and hold one another accountable. Well, the, the first question is how has the Holy Spirit been evident in your congregation in the past year through conversions? growth and the fruit of the Spirit, or other transformational experiences that make disciples of Jesus Christ. And you'll, you'll see even in the answers that really the whole, um, it was in our discussion about this that we said, you know, why don't we ask the congregation? And in our con conversation, I said, you know, I think that's a great exercise for us to do on Sunday morning, to, to stop and reflect and Make a wall of praise of the ways that the Holy Spirit has been evident in our lives. Um, just from the, the, the session, you might have seen uh, some on the wall where just in our discussion, and uh, some elders did just talk to staff and other folks and said, you know, what are some ways you see the Holy Spirit at work? Well, there were nine baptisms this year. You know, nine people who, who stood up here uh, got dunked in water and said, I'm ready to follow Jesus with you. Uh, that there were over 2,500 hours of, of counseling and listening and prayer with individuals and families in particular acute needs. 21 global workers that, that we support through prayer and resource around the world who are continuing to present the good news of Jesus to those who haven't heard. 23 different individuals in the, in the church who are being trained in, in huddle groups in order to, to make disciple-making disciples, in order to, to pass on the faith to others who will pass the faith on to others. And, and mentors and, and whiz kid tutors and, and meals that are served to, to hundreds and hundreds and, and, and resources that are distributed to address the needs that are around us. And on and on, the, the, the list goes of ways that we see the Holy Spirit evident in our midst. How is the Spirit evident in your life over the course of the last year? You know, one thing that we've learned is a session that we, we ask that specific question. It's a great exercise. Um, it's a great exercise for us to stop and, and reflect with that. How have we experienced the Holy Spirit? And even, even that's a pretty general question. I mean, you've got a lot of room. Um, but it's not a question that we normally ask one another. And it does, at least gives a little more spe specificity than what Brian was sharing with us earlier. You know, sort of, well, so how was the year? Was it a good year? Yeah. You know, that basically means, well, the church building didn't catch on fire. 
Um, we're not 25% behind in our budget, and the pastor's not up on heresy charges. <laughs> so yeah, it was a good year. But when you stop and ask some more pointed questions, how's the Holy Spirit been evident in your midst? Stops and you start to look back with a different view, with maybe a little more meaning. In in what ways is your congregation seeking the welfare of the community to which you've been called, devoting itself to the poor, seeking justice, and living out the whole of the Great Commission? Man, we got three pages on that one. How are you encouraging people to allow God's Word to shape their priorities and actions and to nurture constant learning in the life of the mind? And again, just a bullet of just list of all the different ways that that is happening. And how are you helping children and others new to the Christian faith to discover Jesus and grow in their understanding and love of God's Word? And again, a you know, page and a half. So it's great to ask those kind of specific questions and to, and to be specific in your praise for God, for His work in you and in us and the, the results of God's work in us. I mean, it's not about us. It's about God. It's not because our strategy or our plans, it's God's work in us and we stop and we reflect and give God praise. We brag on God just like the Apostle Paul did. It's also good to ask questions um, that maybe you'd read and say, ooh, um, I'm not even sure what that question means, let alone be able to answer it. How has your congregation extended itself beyond its bounds through the establishment of new communities of worship and discipleship, expanding the kingdom of God? To which the answer to that is, we haven't. It's good. Well, it's not good that we haven't, but it's good that we're honest and open and say, you know, we haven't. Okay, good. Well, that then starts to point us in the other direction. Uh, well, maybe that's one of the dreams that God is saying. This is the place for us to go. Another, another question uh, to ask that was one we were really uh, looking at one another, wondering how do we answer this. Describe the moral expression in your congregation. Are you more like the world or more like participants in the values of the kingdom of God? Are you more like the world, or are you more like living out the values of the kingdom of God, like turning the other cheek, forgiving seven times, 70 times, loving your enemies? Well, one of the things in our discussion we said was, you know, we don't know one another well enough to be able to answer that question. So taking the time to reflect it also gives praise, but also reveals to us, you know, this we've got room to grow. Here are some places where the Spirit might be leading and directing us to grow. I mean, just the very notion of stopping and asking the question, how has the Holy Spirit been evident in your life? It may be the first time you've really stopped and even asked that. I just want you to know, if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise, this time next year, we'll be asking the same question again. And if, if in 12 months after that, um, again, the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise, then we'll be asking the question again. How has the Holy Spirit been evident over that, the last year? 
And maybe that will help continue to train us, train our, our vision to be looking for the ways that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. So take those, those notes and write down. what, what is, You don't have to identify yourself. This is a wall of, of praise unto God. How has the Holy Spirit been evident? You know, again, it's the fruit of the Spirit. That being manifest, you know, I was in a conversation with a friend the other day who, who, who said they, that one of their friends had come to them, shared with them one of the blessings that they'd received um, recently. And the person that heard that said, you know, what was amazing is I didn't respond with envy. I responded with joy. That's the Holy Spirit at work in that person's life, maturing them in the way of Christ, leading in them in the way of love, moving them out of the way of envy. Have there been signs and wonders, real healing in your life or around you, or, or, or freedom from a, a brokenness that you've experienced that is the Holy Spirit at work in you? You know, for, for me, as I reflected on, on this, one of the ways that I reflect and see God's Spirit at work in me is, is continuing to be freed from the cycle of works. You know, from the way of this world that, that tells us and, and directs us and forms us that says over and over again, you get what you deserve. That is just not the way of Jesus. We get what we don't deserve. We get what God gives us according to God's wisdom and grace and and mercy. And and for for me, that has freed me over the course of this year to to begin to develop a sense of expectation of God's blessing. To to move me beyond a fear of when's the other shoe going to fall. Move me beyond a fear of failure. And, And move me beyond the mediocrity of just saying, well, let me just make it through without causing any trouble. To say, no, move to an expectation of receiving God's blessing because that's the nature of God. What about you? As you look back, how have you experienced the work of the Holy Spirit in your own life, around you? Write that and on our way out, just put it on the wall of praise. Verse 20, then, Paul moves to the other face. He's he's been reflecting, and now he's going to start dreaming. So look at verse 20. Thus I make it my ambition to proclaim the good news, not where Christ has already been named, so that I do not build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him shall see, and those who have never heard of him shall understand. This is the reason that I've so often been hindered from coming to you. It's because he's been working in Jerusalem to Illyricum. He's been working in that area um, so far, and he hasn't been freed then to move to Rome. But now what he's saying is, now it's time. The ambition is now to move actually all the way to Spain, to to expand 3,000 miles from Jerusalem. And while he's on his way to Spain, he's going to stop in Rome. 
And so I desire, at the end of verse 23, I desire as I have for many years to come to you when I go to Spain. For I do hope to see you on my journey and to be sent on by you once I've enjoyed your company for a little while. And now he's going to tell us, but, but there's just some other things i got to do before I can head down. I love the reality here of Paul. You know, it doesn't stop him from dreaming big, from saying, sensing where the Holy Spirit's leading him, but it also doesn't deny the reality of what he has before him. Verse 25, At present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem in a ministry to the saints, for Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to share their resources with the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. They were pleased to do this, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material things. So when I've completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will set out by way of you to Spain. And I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. So so the second question then is, where do you think the Holy Spirit's leading you this, for this year? You know, as we reflect over the year past, well, now dream in the year ahead. Where do you think the Holy Spirit, what, where's that holy ambition that the Spirit is leading and guiding you for this year? What are the ways that God has set a dream before you to pursue Him? Yeah, I mean... Don't let the, the, you're not going to deny the realities of the different things you got to do, but don't let that squelch the power of God to take you all the way to Spain, or at least to pursue it. What's the dream that the Holy Spirit has for you? You know, again, is it? Some fruit of the Spirit to be manifest, to be born in you. Some particular ministry, some particular relationship at work or at home. A relationship with, a, with someone that you um, know or developing who doesn't, doesn't know Jesus yet. And the word that has continually come back to me in particularly my um, role here as, as pastor is maturity both personally and for us. That, that we're at a stage in, in our life as a church that we need to be pursuing maturity in Christ together. Not just focus, as the writer of Hebrews says, on the, the spiritual milk that is for babes, but continuing to develop by eating the, the meat that God has for us. And, and for me particularly, that means learning individually and corporately to speak the truth in love, to, to pursue invitation and challenge together. What is it for you? What's the, what's the dream, what's the ambition that the Spirit has placed upon you as you look ahead? Be two-faced. Reflect. Praise God for how the Holy Spirit has been evident in your life. And dream. Pursue God as to how you think the Holy Spirit is leading you 
in this upcoming year. And, and note the very end of the, this passage in verse 30. Paul continues to, to the church in Rome. He says, I appeal to you, then brothers and sisters, after sharing his reflection, sharing his dream, I appeal to you by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in earnest prayer to God on my behalf that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea. That means when he goes into Jerusalem, that's, that, there's dangerous territory to go. That I may be rescued from them and that my ministry to Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. The God of peace be with all of you. Amen. So this dream isn't our strategy. It's not even our dream. It's what we bring before God together, that we pursue before Him, that He would make the way happen that He has given to each of us. And that we would be praying for that dream, for that ambition, for that pursuit of God to be realized in our lives. As we come to the table here, as we um, gather with Jesus at the table, we have uh, prayer stations that will be around. And, and I encourage you, invite you, challenge you in this time where there's, there's a lot of time for reflection. There's a lot of time to sit and, and to be silent. A lot of time to be in prayer. To be praying for those dreams of God to come to your mind as you look into this next year. Don't just try to make it through. Where's the, the Rome or the Spain that he's calling you too. What's, what's the way that he's at work in you? And you don't have to even be specific, but invite you to come to the elders in the church who will be in those prayer stations. We'd love to praise, pray with you and for you. Whatever that praise might be, whatever that dream might be, whatever the need might be for the Holy Spirit to be evident in your life, come to those prayer stations and lift those up together.